Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Everything had been going right for the GOP this year. Biden is in terrible shape. Republicans are almost certain to retake the House. Most did not want to have a conversation about anything other than Biden and the economy. And yet here comes this this bombshell ruling. That I think there's there's wide agreement will definitely not be helpful and probably will cost Republicans at least marginally in November. I'm Annie Reese. This is Politico Dispatch. I'm David Siders. I'm a national political correspondent. This was an emotional weekend. Some people met Friday's Supreme Court ruling with cheers and celebration. Others were upset, scared, and angry. So obviously you see people spilling into the streets and there were protests and demonstrations. And yet politically, there's a, it's not non-feeling, but there's more calculation going on right now. And it's, it's more precise. It's about what is to be gained or lost in November because of this ruling. On the show today, David Siders on the complex political dynamics of the Roe decision fallout. So if we look at the politics of this, two-thirds of Americans that were polled back in May said that they did not support overturning Roe v. Wade. And so even though this was a decision that conservatives publicly have been cheering about, you wrote about how privately their stance is a little more complicated. I think almost to a one, people in the GOP's political and professional classes think that this is You know, it's not that it's a huge winner for Democrats. I don't think anybody thinks that this upends the landscape enough to keep Republicans from taking the House in November. But it's definitely a no upside politically kind of thing for Republicans Hmm. and broad consensus that it probably cost them a few seats at least in suburban areas. And then there's worry, I think, that it cuts into the GOP's kind of longer term efforts to repair the damage that it, that Donald Trump did to the GOP in in the suburbs, and so you see Democrats uh, you know, hoping to exploit this certainly for fundraising immediately, uh, also organizing volunteers, thinking that there may be some turnout advantage in November. And what I find most interesting is the Republican strategists and party officials, who ideologically may be glad that this ruling came down, but politically see that they have a this is a real problem for them. But in terms of the public versus private, you know, you referenced that many Republican strategists say maybe one thing publicly and another thing off the record privately. There was a memo that was leaked, I think, a while back. Well, sure. I I mean, Republicans are, are on the record, are, are very clear. They, they say this was a victory for life. We've been fighting for this for half a century, uh, and this is a victory. And and they have to say that because there is a big part of the GOP base that is anti-abortion activists, right? And so so appealing to that base matters. That's These are the voters who hardcore came out for Republicans because they cared about the Supreme Court. They could see this coming for, for years in a way that really never did motivate Democrats to the same degree. So that's the public messaging. But then privately, I think you see what we'll see and what you see from some of the, you know, you're talking about, a, I think, a memo you know, last month, right, that mm-hmm. is circulating among 
Republican Senate candidates, and you see this elsewhere too, that the goal will be to depict Roe as something that Democrats have a fetish about. And so it will it will be it will fit in with the Republican messaging on the Democrats more broadly, which is they're crazy and they're thinking about X, Y, and Z when really they should be talking about how bad the economy is. And so I, I think that that is the pivot that almost to a one these Republicans will make. And certainly strategists I spoke with said that they're telling their candidates to do uh, to quickly turn from abortion to the economic issues and inflation. And to the extent that they have to answer about abortion to say that it's something that Democrats have have fetishized. Looking ahead to the midterms, the Democrats have a very thin House majority and Politico's election tracker predicts that Republicans will take the House. You mentioned nobody really thinks that this would mean that Republicans wouldn't take the House. But like, is there a chance that the court's decision could keep Republicans from winning the House in November? Like how big electorally might this be? Sure, there's always a chance. I mean, we're we're months out and it <laughs> might not even be the court's decision. It might be you know, who knows what happens in, in August or September. Like, yeah, th- these predictions are tough. A- yeah. And to be fair to the people who, who think that Roe will have a big impact, uh, it's true that m- many of us have, have were not even alive, right, in a, a, a post-Roe kind of world. So mm-hmm. this is a tough prediction to make. But there has been some testing of this recently, right? I, you know, well, think about the Virginia gubernatorial race. Definitely that happened before Roe, so that's something different. But there was a race where Terry McAuliffe was convinced that abortion would be on voters' minds, so much so that he poured a ton of advertising into it. Mm. A lot of the campaign focused on that. The whole Texas decision had just happened, and it was a total bust. Mm. Uh, at, at the end of that race, I think the number was, it was definitely single digits who listed abortion as the top concern. And what's even worse for Democrats is among those that small percentage of people who listed abortion as a top concern, most of them voted for the Republican because they were concerned about it the other way. And even going back, I mean, it's not like Hillary Clinton wasn't making clear to Democrats in 2016 that the Supreme Court was on the ballot, so to speak. It, it just has not been historically the motivating issue that some Democrats think it is. So if it does change the landscape in November, it will not be because of some you know, historic pattern that we should be looking at. It will be because it was so monumental that the historic pattern was broken. Yeah. Any of the districts that Biden carried, but where Republicans have such headwinds that they may take them. So these would be suburban districts, name your suburb anywhere around the country. Those will be the ones that are affected. And to what degree, unclear. And then... There's this whole other universe of voter that I'm really interested in, too. Like, most of the Roe discussion is focused around, does it affect Democratic turnout in the cities? So, like, Mm. these areas that are hugely pro-abortion rights, do those people, younger people, low-propensity voters, do they turn out like crazy in a midterm because of Roe or because of this decision? And then the other focus is on the persuadable voters in the suburbs, uh, fine. There, there's this other kind of group of people I think are really fascinating, and that's the that's the person who lives on Minnesota's Iron Range and is a huge Second Amendment supporter, mm-hmm. uh, owns lots of guns, and is an independent. Maybe has voted both ways in the past, but because 
this I, they have this idea of government out of my life. They hate a lot of things the Democrats are doing, but also may view uh, this as an overreach. So that's a class of voter I think is interesting too. And a majority of independents do, you know, are supportive of of Roe. So I think there's a few different ways that where this could have an effect on the election. I think it's just too early to know where. Are there races where Republicans could feel the consequences or there will be an impact in upcoming primaries, you think? Yeah, and I think to Republicans' dismay, like one way we're already seeing it is that Republicans are being asked a lot of questions that are terribly uncomfortable for them. So you you have lawmakers on TV being asked if we should jail mothers who have an abortion. You've got candidates. So much of the mainstream GOP is supportive of the three kind of traditional exceptions around abortion. So that's uh, you know incest, rape, and life of the mother. Mm-hmm. But there are some Republican candidates who are are not supportive of those exceptions. So Doug Mastriano, the Republican gubernatorial nominee in Pennsylvania, which is a, a closely watched race, says he does not support exceptions. And Herschel Walker's high-profile candidate in Georgia, another critical state, not just in the midterms, but it will be in 2024 in the next presidential as well, also getting hit for not supporting exceptions. And already you see his Democratic opponent fundraising off of it. In Pennsylvania, you already see Democrats advertising off of it. The, the reason that, that those things are so important is because every voter in pick your suburb of Atlanta, right? Every voter who is persuaded this year is is so important, not just this year, but will be in the next presidential as well. Mm-hmm. The timing of the opinion is really interesting too, because and, and the draft that that Politico obtained. I think that both Republicans and Democrats are in broad agreement that it's a little bit worse for Democrats and a little bit better for Republicans that the draft opinion came out earlier than it did. And the thing about our news cycles is that, you know, voters do not have a track record. And again, this may be the issue that breaks the mold, but they don't have a track record of voting on you know, things that happened longer ago than more recently. And, and I'm not sure that this doesn't get supplanted in, in the news. It, I think it'll have marginal effect, but it, it, will, it is not the earthquake that it might have been electorally, I think, if it had happened closer to when voting started. David Siders, thank you so much for talking with me. Thanks for having me. Also in the news, at the G7 summit in Germany on Sunday, the world's wealthiest democracies announced a 600 billion global infrastructure initiative invested across emerging economies to counter China's push to exert political and commercial influence around the world. And Iranian state television said Sunday that Tehran had launched a solid-fueled rocket into space. The White House said it was aware of Iran's announcement and criticized it as unhelpful and destabilizing. The U.S. and other world powers are expected to resume talks with Iran in the coming days over a potential nuclear deal. Today's episode of Politico Dispatch included music composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Be sure to follow Politico Dispatch if you haven't yet, and if you can, leave us a rating and review. It helps more people find the show. I'm Annie Reese. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>